2: Just take a moment and let's just expand the universe a little bit, shall we? Spoken for Audio Productions presents Legends Library I got a bad feeling about this You will find
3: that it is you who are mistaken About a many things. You
4: must unlearn what you have learned. You're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view.
2: There's always a bit of truth in legends. And now, here are your hosts, Lisa Mountain and Cole Hill.
1: Everybody, welcome to Legends Library. We are a podcast dedicated to the Legends line of the Star Wars books, and I'm Lisa. And I'm Cole. And thank you for joining us today. Uh, We've had just a bit of a hiatus between Cole's internet and my kind of weird health problems I've been going through recently. Not COVID-related. It's just been a a jaw infection, so therefore I I couldn't really talk, guys. But we're back, and today we're going to talk about. A book I had been wanting to read for some time, uh, Yodo, Dark Rendezvous, a Clone Wars novel by Sean Stewart, and I believe it is the first and last book he ever wrote, and Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. (laughs) 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 Good start of the review. Okay. But first, before we jump into that, you know, we thought we would talk a little bit about some news and more specifically about the, the recent Mandalorian episodes that have been out. So, Cole, what have you been thinking about them?
3: I think they've both been really, really good, like very strong episodes this first two episodes of the season.
1: Exactly. Uh, which one did you prefer more?
3: It's uh, a tough call, honestly. I think I might prefer the second one, which really? might be just like a slightly hot take.
1: Oh, that is indeed. Yeah. Hmm. I definitely like the first one. I still don't like when you know. Obviously, I mentioned this before. Whenever they fight animals in Star mm-hmm. Wars stories, I'm, I'm always just a little uncomfortable, just because I'm an animal lover. But mm-hmm. um, you know, that was pretty great to see, like the Knights of Old Republic kind of reference of hunting down that crate dragon and mm-hmm. finding the pearl. So I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, I watched it with my parents, and I, for a couple of days before I crammed watched with them all the first season. (laughs) So they were all caught up (laughs) and loving it. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. Bonding experience. Exactly. I thought that was pretty fun. Um, But I was the second one I was definitely more on edge when they're running through that cave and the frog lady who is very slow at running.
3: (laughs) Then goes to hopping and it's not much faster.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, but you know, I was thinking about the, the kind of earth terms and we get a lot of it in actually this book, you know, R- Yoda dark rendezvous, mm-hmm. how like, you know, they use things like frog lady, which I thought that was interesting that they would do something like that again. Yeah.
3: It's always kind of weird. And it's, it's that like ties into something that kind of annoys me about the show a little bit. Yeah. That they seem to like have a reticence to giving things names.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So,
3: like I really I mean, think the child should have a name by this point because he's been like adopted.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, this is the way, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> I guess so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but I've been wondering if do you think any chance they will identify what the species of Yoda would be? I mean, child? I think
3: there's a decent chance that they they will like find more of them, but maybe. Yeah. They won't like speak English, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And So they're like say the name of their species, but it'll be like unpronounceable or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, we but definitely I, get I don't know. of those. Yeah. Well, especially with this book, like you know, since Yoda's never been determined as what species it is, like we get so many names in this story, like gnome, mm. gremlin, uh, gargoyle, like a lot of G <laughs> words, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thought it was interesting for that and i was like maybe you know it's something alluding to that but who knows i guess we'll have to wait and see i hope not to be honest i like the mystery
4: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah and any other news that you can think of
3: uh we had this the second like of the new thron trilogy books like got uh, a title revealed i think
4: oh yeah
1: yeah
3: it's a greater good
1: Mm -hmm. have you ordered your copies yet
3: (laughs) i haven't pre-ordered it yet but i probably will soon because i definitely want to get a because i wonder if they're going to do like the colored pages again for the second one
1: i think that i saw something on twitter um where they had like a fancy extra like jacket and then some fans were not too happy that they had pre-ordered the other one and it was more expensive and they wanted to order both so
3: Oh yeah, yeah like, they're they're doing a set, they're doing a new like super fancy edition of the first book
1: that's coming yeah. out later this month. Yeah, and
3: there's, I think it's only like seven hundred fifty copies of it.
1: Oh really? Okay.
3: And that's it's like cool. one hundred fifty bucks.
1: Yeah, so a little pricier. <laughs>
3: yeah, Especially I'm like, man, pandemic. I want it so bad,
1: but <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not something I'll be buying. So. <laughs> Yeah, not much other news, you know, some rumors Mm -hmm. still going on, whether or not Boba Fett will be a TV show and what age he would be in the show. But I think Mm -hmm. that was great that they brought him back in. Like, you know, for years, you know, fans were speculating whether or not he was alive or not. But of course, us Legends fans knew that he was always alive.
3: <laughs> He's been alive for years. What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. He helped with the Second Galactic War, or the. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty funny though. With my parents, when I saw him walk in, and I obviously I knew it wasn't him because you know he was much more petite. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, the armor!" You know, and then I'm freaking out, and they're just looking at me, and "Like, okay, Lisa, that's nice." <laughs> <laughs> Ah. but yes, they've been asking me every day. What, what day is it again that the next one's coming out on? <laughs> Fridays.
3: Fridays. Fridays. Every Friday.
1: Like. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something to look forward to still, at least with all the crazy earth politics we're going on. You know, we mm-hmm. at least got Star Wars that we can always fall back on. Okay. So I think it's time to get into our book review just after this, these messages. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, starting with our book review, Yoda Dark Rendezvous, a Clone Wars novel by Sean Stewart. Like I said, you know, I was pretty excited to get into the story. Um, I'm not going to be saying it's in my top 100. (laughs) but i liked it as a story but i did not like the book and for obvious reasons but you didn't like the writing it's the writing it really Mm -hmm. bothered it was just too long it was very um dickens like where he would just fill in extra 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 detail Mm -hmm. it was almost like a book novelization of a movie but yet Mm it was just too much information sometimes. Like I ended up writing a bunch of um, notes all over those books. So it, yeah, it looks pretty bad, but <laughs> like I was crossing out sections that just, I felt were not necessary at all. Right. And it, some of it was several pages. So, <laughs> so Oof. I, yeah, I apologize. You know, I'm not like that normally with my Star Wars books, but this one I was. So the story starts setting down in Coruscant. And of course, you know, this is a story about, Yoda and Dooku, so this is before Revenge of the Sith. And you get like a ship entering the atmosphere, and you have Padme longing, looking after it, going, Is this Anakin? Of course it's not. It's uh, a different Jedi Master, Jai Maruk. And he basically just came back uh, from, I can't remember what the, the name of the system is, but he was attacked, and others were attacked, and he was basically given a message. To deliver to Yoda from Doohu slash Ventress. And I liked his kind of entry when he first comes in. Like he apologizes to the chief tech, you know, about the state of the <laughs> ship because it was covered in lightsaber burns, and mm-hmm. like he's covered in lightsaber burns. And so like, you know, he he faced up against Ventress and she let him go. So in in the temple, he meets up with Master Elina Jan who's also known as Iron Hand, and Yoda and Mace. And that's when he kind of explains like, the trade federation, like the shipping routes, like we don't know what their planned activity is in the Hydean way, but <clears throat> obviously they're up to no good. So this whole kind of section in the book, like it, I felt like it just took a long time to kind of get the story started.
3: It, it does.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: a lot of setup.
1: Like a lot, a lot of setup. Like too much, too much setup. And so basically they had like a rendezvous on Vijan, which is like this really evil, dark, dark side kind of world, but not originally a dark server world. It was like the people, the users basically created like this. And so while they're having this conversation about Ventress and what happened to him, you know, we get this young Padawan nicknamed Scout, whose real name is Talisbeth Nwandung Esterhazy. <laughs> so another great Star Wars name to remember. What a great that. name. and so she kind of like gasps in the background like ventress you know for whatever reason that name has really you know got a lot of impact but and you find out a little bit about her and she's basically one of the main characters in the story um i i quite liked her as a character Mm -hmm. you know she's very much you know like out of luck like she doesn't have very strong force powers um her Master died on Geonosis, so Chenkar Kim, and so they kind of like send her away to like perform her duties, and then they they discuss, you know, this Padawan, and why would this master choose her? Um, They should send her to like the agricultural corps, basically. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this whole theme is what is her fate in the story, which is interesting. What did what did you think of her?
3: I I really like her. She's a she's a go getter. She's almost like opposite of Anakin in a lot of ways. Like, she's a she's similar personality, but, like, the opposite, like, talent-wise.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, she's very clever. So mm-hmm. I found there was almost kind of, like, a direct relation between her and Dooku in the terms of being just so opposite. Mm-hmm. Since she grew up on, like, a dirt-poor planet, and he came from privilege, you know, and she was okay, obviously, with her being given away to the Jedi and obviously Dooku a lot in this story. It's him kind of reflecting why he was given up when he was someone of importance, you know, so well off. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was quite interesting. So it turns out Dooku, when he was on Bajan, he, he gave a message to give to Dai, which is, um, he wants peace supposedly. And, they gave like a little box and they open it up in this shell and it reminds Yoda of this story from 63 years before when the two of them were discussing, you know, his fate and things like that. And they were playing with shells and it was like, okay, you know, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Interesting but, flashbacks. Like, Oh, okay. That like Padawan dooku.
1: Yeah. Like there, there wasn't a lot of flashbacks. So I thought there would be more in the story. There was like maybe three.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but I I liked it that he was thinking like, I will light your way home for you. And he kind of mentions that. So something significant about lighting the way home, which is we'll see later on in the story about a candle. So But yeah, his his reflection, Duke, in this whole story, is a child a parent can live without. So he's feeling pretty rotten. Um, and when we actually have discussions with him and Ventress, so on Vision and this this lovely castle known as Chateau Maru. Now, what did you think about the name of the chateau?
3: Mm, I mean, I, I want to try to say it, honestly.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no worries. Okay. So Maru, um, if you kind of roughly translate it, cause it, it is kind of a French word would be mm-hmm. bad feeling. Oh, so it would be castle bad feeling. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Castle, I have a bad feeling about this.
1: Exactly. So when I saw that, I was like, alright, I see what you did there. (laughs) That that
3: is kind of funny, actually.
1: (laughs) So I liked the conversations he has with Ventress, because she's very intuitive in this story. You know, like he calls her a little cannibal, because when she comes in, kind of like bloodied and everything like that, and hands over um, the head of jang lili and a recently killed jedi that she killed number 16 mm-hmm. uh, and he was like oh what a little cannibal you are so that was an odd moment mm-hmm. anyway. but. and it so the the planet vijan so we get a lot of history like throughout the story and it's significance to one of the characters in the temple so one of the apprentices, but there was basically like a plague of madness that took over and killed most of the planet's population within like a year, basically. And we do find out eventually what was this plague of madness. And it was the count Malru who basically wanted to influence and change people. So it was very, uh, reminded me of Darth Plagueis. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. thought about that at all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how he was able to like change people's strength in the force and basically, Drove everyone insane, <laughs> but uh,
3: that's what the dark yeah. side does. <laughs> yeah.
4: that's
1: what it does. That's what it does. Um, and then in the castle itself, you know, like there's still bloodstains everywhere, and Dooku's pretty okay with that.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it suits him. <laughs> it suits him. <laughs> it suits him. Um, and what's clever, you know, she, Ventress is saying, you know, make me your apprentice, and he's saying, you know, now is not the time, and she's very aware of his master, you know, being mm-hmm. Sidious. And she kind of gives him the whole, you shouldn't trust him. You need to, you know, get rid of him as an option. Like we can fight together and destroy him. So I thought that was pretty <laughs> interesting that she was so vocal about it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, She's very upfront about like, Hey, it's like I'll be your apprentice and we just need to kill your master. So that way you can be the top dog. And it's like, mm. Duku's like, I, I don't know if you understand how, bad, the situation
4: is.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there, the story continues with this kind of like Troxen delegation. So I think they're like a native species of the planet. They're not like human though, from my understanding. They have like purple gills.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And so they, they come in to like discuss with Dooku and he's like, he's promising them reinforcements basically for, for I don't know who they're fighting. But only if they help him out, which he has no intention of ever paying off these people. So they go, and their mission is basically to go to Coruscant and deliver the next message back to Yoda, um, which is pretty interesting. So, and we also learn of another character in the story who still lives in the castle, who is the quote unquote house cleaner, uh, <laughs> Lady Wuri Mauru, and she has this pet fox. So, again, we have that whole Earth name
4: Mm -hmm. coming
1: in. Uh, Her name is Miss Vix, and it's supposed to be like her familiar.
3: Yeah, it's very strange.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I didn't quite understand why we needed the fox, other than the fact that Dooku gives the fox Jang Lee Lee's head, and the fox eats it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's just (laughs) lovely imagery.
1: Yeah. But worry, like she's this woman who obviously her husband went insane, and she's slightly insane, and she's quoting my the baby is coming home." So she has like a force premonitions as well.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And she like reads the like broken glass and stuff. It's like, yeah. like oh premonitions and prophecies
4: and it's like. Mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I liked, okay, so there was two characters in the story I thought were pretty fun, which were the two droids that we discover. That have been hanging out on a rooftop overwatching the Jedi Temple for like years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how these droids were just hanging out for years on a rooftop without someone going, why are there droids up there?
3: <laughs> uh, it's Coruscant. It's a big place. They probably just never got noticed. I don't know.
1: But they're sitting around playing Jarek.
3: Yeah, they're playing chess pretty much. Just
1: for yeah. s-
3: decades or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, for like forever, and they're like best out of like nine hundred and thirty-seven thousand,
3: like <laughs> something like that. Like, oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, so they're they're hanging around, and one is a little more formal. Like he's still got like livery paint, so like, and he looks like he, you know, it turns out he does work or had worked in that Chateau Maru. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got like red and cream for like fox colors, and and then the second one is like more worn down. But you know they obviously have a mission, which is to look out what's going on at the Jedi temple, and that's when they spot that whole Trusin delegation who bring that box, um, which contains a plain wax candle to to Yoda.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's about you know like lighting the way, I guess, and um, so that's what I mean like it took forever to get this whole start in the story because it's like several messages back and forth between Yoda. And and it's just like, oh, okay.
3: Yeah, the Dark Rendezvous itself like doesn't actually happen until like like
1: Chapter three ten. quarters
3: <laughs> at least the way through it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. It did take a while. But okay, so what I really did like in the story was the whole section of about Padawan's sc- scouts. Mm-hmm. And it's like her whole like fight scenes and things like that. So oh, that was I-,
3: I love that stuff. I'm glad you like that too.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, it was great. It was definitely great. Um, but anyway, so the- they get this message into the temple and it's we so this okay. Apologies, listeners. Neither of us have been able to figure out the proper pronunciation of this <laughs> one Padawan's name. Um so it's W-H-I-E. We both said why. Sometimes I would say we, we'll we just go with why for now. <laughs> so he, he stops the delegation at the door and gets this package. And, you know, the Troxans are upset because it's this child saying, no, you can't come in.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, it's the
1: Jedi Temple. Why would you think you can get it? Like, I'm sorry, but no. Um, and this is one of the sections of the book that I just really rolled my eyes about. So on the me- package message itself, it said, "Benevolence of Troxen Bureau of Diplomatic Liaison Incendiary Packet, most confidential communication for Yoda," and it was in eight different fonts. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? <laughs> why couldn't it just be one font? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, it's very different fonts, guys. Like, it's just no. Like, just
3: I feel like it no. maybe like maybe it's like referencing something, and I don't know. <laughs>
1: referencing time's new roman i don't know like well,
3: i mean just like maybe it's like referencing a movie or something like that the author really like or maybe like this whole book is like riffing on something that i'm not familiar with that's kind of like whenever there's details like that i kind of assume maybe that's what's happening but i don't know that's just a guess
1: <laughs> well if neither of us know then <laughs> if someone listening knows please tell us I mean, yeah understand because i was just getting the the editor in me was just like no this doesn't make sense like <laughs> so. we can
3: lose that we can lose yeah. that
1: yeah exactly <laughs> so and so we do find yoda in the room of a thousand fountains and there's another kind of reference this is the first one where they call him old gnome in the story and the package when they open it sorry it wasn't the candle that was something another package previously but it's a, a package that contains Jang Lee Lee's lightsaber. and Which is really interesting since when they open it up and turn it on, it's a message from Dooku saying, you know, like, let's meet, basically. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, I think emotional for them. Mm-hmm. To have that lightsaber returned, knowing that Jang Lee Lee is dead.
3: It's so- like, hey, I-, I want peace, but I just murdered this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
3: dooku i think you've got mixed messages here
1: yeah exactly and he's like yeah we should talk but and of course qui-gon is you know they kind of do a reference to qui-gon you know he thinks he is lying so i was wondering like who do you think he meant he thinks he is lying does he mean dooku thinks he is lying
3: i think that was my interpretation of it it's like dooku thinks it's a trick but Maybe deep down, he really kind of wants this.
1: Yeah, and well, that is kind of he- how
3: we see things play out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was also thinking maybe it was he thinks he, as in Darth Sidious, is lying.
3: Mm, could be. Could be. Yeah. Definitely open to interpretation.
1: Yeah, for sure. And which doesn't really make clear, but and uh, Yoda does a lot of third person discussions as well in the story. So he goes, Yoda needs Yoda's wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, right. they,
3: they do a lot of the playful yoda stuff in this yeah that i attribute more to empire strikes back era yoda than this era yoda but yeah, oh
1: yeah for sure like there's definitely a good reference when they're in that cafeteria of that moment
3: <laughs> <laughs> eating nasty stuff
1: yeah eating real nasty stuff so uh so in the temple we We get more of an introduction to the character uh, we slash y um, and we discuss that he has this thing known as true dreams. So it's basically he's always having premonitions in his sleep. What did you uh think about some of his his force visions
3: it's It's very disturbing, <laughs> and it's like and he says that they've always like come true. Every time he yeah. sees him, it's like it's going to happen. But yeah. then at one point he sees something and he's like, "That's the oldest I've ever seen myself, and it's never gone past that." And it's like, "Oh, that's uh, yeah, definitely exactly. depressing turn."
1: Yeah, and we we find out that he's had visions of his death, mm-hmm. which involves uh, a moment of somebody attacking or killing him with a lightsaber. Yeah, and you know what that means. You know, we as the readers know what that means uh because yeah, obviously, well this the only story he's in <laughs>
3: yeah but let's say that, that that's one of those things that while reading the story you're like is that going to happen in this book or yeah. but then once it once the book is finished like oh okay that's it's got to be this other thing
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so well i mean i i knew what it was because i only mm-hmm. well like I read Wikipedia first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I just wanted to know if he was in other stories. And well, guys, he's in Revenge of the Sith, apparently, briefly.
3: <laughs> he's like one of the paddle ones we see or something?
1: Yeah, somewhere in the background. <clears throat> so, yeah. And one of his other visions he's had is sometimes he feels like he's being buried alive. So that's also interesting. But in this part of the story, he specifically dreams of vent- Ventress. And of her or just a bald woman. So we we come to assume that it's going to be Ventress and where he's telling him to kiss her. So that was um which a really interesting
4: mm-hmm.
1: turn of events that will kind of happen eventually. So and so his master, Master Max Leem, so she is a Gran. So we don't often get many central central stories about Gran. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But um what did what did you think of her as a character?
3: I think she's really good, and then she gets taken from us, unfortunately.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Spoilers, guys. Pretty much everyone dies in this book. It's-
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty dark book in that kind of sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if not in this book, they die afterwards pretty quickly. <clears throat> but he knows that his death is coming soon. So that's... Uh, and, you know, he reflects that this is like a curse all his life is having these dreams. But at least one good thing about Mac, Master Max is that she knows that he has these vision dreams and that they do come true. And it's not like, obviously, what happens with Anakin when he's dreaming about Padme dying and, you know, Yoda just kind of dismisses his for being nothing.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So, which is obviously a downfall of the Jedi. <clears throat> So let's talk about the combat training chamber scene. This was amazing. (laughs) I loved it. Like this is one of those scenes I was totally fine getting a ton of details and he went into every fight.
3: Yeah. yeah, The the, the detailed fights are definitely like a plus. It's like, I feel like they're very visceral and very really can understand what's happening in a way that a lot of times you can't in these books.
1: Exactly. Yeah yeah so it starts off with the whole kind of it's like all the padawans who are kind of gathered around, and they're being pitted up against each other to fight and to see who is you know great at what strengths and you know potentially who's going to get picked by a master <clears throat> since they are at war and we really do focus on Scout and her limited force powers and just how she's able to really wipe everyone's butt in this whole <laughs> thing. And I loved it. So, um, by using
3: uh trickery and like more like grappling and like wrestling type stuff.
1: Exactly, it was very MMA. at Certain moments, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, so the whole concept of the fights here it's it's three cuts or you surrender. So they actually are fighting with real lightsabers mm. or you know, training hand sabers. Hand yeah, training, but it's still gonna hurt you. You know? Oh yeah, it still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a stick. Yeah. So her first fight, she gets kind of, she uh, put up against this guy, Pax Chiswick. So a lot of these characters, there's a lot of characters in this book, guys. And we never really hear from them again, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. But her first fight against this guy, he's much bigger than her. um, So she's a little worried. But yeah, she takes him down by doing like a grappling arm bend, Mm -hmm. And he taps out. So that was great. But, and then, so you get that Arcanian uh, character hannah ding Mm -hmm. and i don't know what it is about why they always make arcanians seem really snobby (laughs) you know it's just like silver hair kind of that imperialist kind of attitude i'm like i don't know
3: stereotyping
1: yeah it's very stereotyping to say i'm a blonde so i'm just saying No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But, you know, Hannah Ding, like, she's always been one to really pick on Scout, especially in the story. And, you know, it's like, she's just, I guess she's kind of a snob and says Hannah's ill-bred. It's like, sure, we, you know, we knew she was dirt poor, but yet the Jedi still picked her. So she is your equal. So, Mm -hmm. And she's saying that, you know, you should disqualify her from that fight. And Master Zan is like, no, she won that fair and square. So, of course, what happens next? She gets pitted up against Hannah. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, Hannah's like, I'm looking forward to this. And Scout's like, I want to hit her so bad. (laughs) (laughs) But, and like, she was at a disadvantage again in this story, just part for the fact that they did like a blackout condition and arcanians are specifically known for like you know a dark world and being able to really see well in the dark so scout really had to understand her terrain and her opponent and what she knew about her opponent is like her love of her lightsaber so Mm -hmm. that would be her weakness you know she rely on her weapon more than anything so when she got in close to hannah and she kind of like you know, does that pressure point move on her elbow? <laughs> yeah. So that was it's beautiful. Great. Yeah. And then what happened next, like, when Hannah, like, actually gets her, like, pinned to the ground and, like, beats her down and she's like, you know, yield. And Scout's like, no. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: I don't have to.
1: She's like, you only got me twice. You need three. <laughs> and, oh, I love the final moment when she just, you know, kicks her butt saying, she gets her, like, in a chokehold, and Hannah just starts to pass out, saying, it's not fair. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Scout knows how to use the rules to her advantage.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, I liked when she also, like, kind of made her fight within the crowd of observers. hmm You know, she made a really fair point saying, like, this is the terrain. Mm-hmm. This could be any of our fighting conditions. Like, you can't just say that we have to stay within the circle.
3: Yeah, didn't um, didn't the ref like like okay, but also get back in the ring?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're like ducking behind masters, like you know, trying to like. <laughs> so, but I like your point. She's like with respect, master. It was a real fight. Like they were <laughs> fighting each other. So mm-hmm. you know, so she won that round again, but she did limp off to the infirmary because of <laughs> did give her some pretty serious nasty damage. burns. Yeah, so and then we we get some more of like so we why uh his name <laughs> I can't help it. Um so like he was doing well in the fights as uh, as well. So he disarmed one guy, he made another one tap out um like with a wrist lock. But they they take a break for a while and that's where we get that whole scene with Yoda. If you want to talk about the cafeteria moment.
3: You I mean Yoda just like eating with the the Padawans and uh,
1: yeah, and Max.
3: <laughs> mm, and the, um, the details are eluding me. Honestly,
1: okay, so, okay, no problem. So yeah, so Yoda he's eating like special made food for him. <laughs>
3: he always gets special food because yeah, he's weird. It's
1: really funny, yeah. It's basically they describe it as like boiled mud, <laughs> jiggly sludge, mm-hmm. dead wombat smell. <laughs> so that's his type of food that he likes Just so it really makes sense when he lives on Dagobah because, well it's like his main food source <laughs> whatever that
3: stew he's got going Luke's like ugh <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly and I love this droid comes up to him and tries to take the bowl from Yoda And Yoda starts freaking out, going, you know, it's mine, go away. Like, I I just so pictured that whole scene from, you know, Empire Strikes Back.
3: Oh, yeah, totally.
1: You know, and the droid's like, my sensors, like, identify this is not food. Like,
3: (laughs) Here, let me get you uh, whatever we're we're serving right now. Yoda's like, no, this is what I want. Leave me.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, I can't imagine having to cook for him. It would be a nightmare. But they, yeah, so we we get this really good scene here where Jai Maruk joins him to Yoda and Master Max Lim. And they were, they're still discussing um, we, and why, ugh, and also Scout. So specifically about Scout, Yoda decides to make a wager with Jai Maruk that if Scout wins the competition, he has to take her as a Padawan. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Jai Maruk's kind of like, I don't want to do that, but reluctantly agrees since but I don't there's think she no will really win a- though, right? Yeah, he's like, no, she'll win. And then Yoda's like, well, you don't have a choice. This is what's going to happen, basically. <laughs> so, um, which I think was re- really funny since obviously things turn out in Yoda's favor.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> don't bet against Yoda. It's a bad idea
1: exactly exactly yeah anyone who eats muddy water don't bet against them (laughs) 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 so back now in the combat chamber so it's basically it's down to the top eight apprentices and master Jian. she's giving this whole like real life lecture you know blah 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 and scouts kind of realizing that it's going to be a free-for-all fight it's not going to be one-on-one so she's pinning herself against someone who she thinks she can take down almost immediately. So she's just pretending she's, you know, drinking her juice and being casual and sneaking around. And she gets up behind this guy, uh, Cesare Dio, which is, a, I don't really know what this species is, but a Ferrario, which I assumed was named after the chocolate. um and he's like gold skin color 2.3 meters like he's a big guy and as soon as master drops the handkerchief i love this how she just throws the juice in his face (laughs) and then takes him down immediately
3: fighting dirty all the time
1: yeah it was great like she gets him in a chokehold, so he has to tap out so he's out um and then we do have like one kind of character, Lina Misa, which is a Shagrian, who was kind of friends with Scout, so they're kind of helping each other like weed out the rest of the competition.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But in the end, it comes down to Scout versus Y. And he's surprised she's still standing. And she's like, Well, you can always surrender. <laughs> <laughs> And then there was like a weird moment where a serving droid comes in and tries to clean like that spilled food off of her and everyone's laughing at her so mm-hmm. you know, like I definitely feel bad for her sometimes like it's like she's been pitted against for so long it's
3: like her versus the world and <laughs> everyone
0: exactly.
1: exactly. So but when it comes down to it they they have like a grappling fight and the fight's pretty long but I like what she did. It was very clever. She leaned into the pain because she figured mm-hmm. because he's such a nice guy that he would, you know, concede and l- let go. And he of wasn't willing he to
3: actually hurt her ser- seriously.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like he has so like his force powers are very strong and hers is next to nothing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then she just does like that the shoulder throw and knocks him out and she's the winner. <laughs> after all that and it was great and
3: yeah. i don't remember which which fight it was in doesn't she grab someone's lightsaber blade at one point
1: i think that was hannah she did that okay fight. i
3: think it was i don't remember which one that was amazing And they're like you couldn't do that yeah. It's like, yeah but these are training sabers so sorry
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's, it is what it is you know and I, and then there was a guy, the first one she fought against, he comes up to her and saying like, you know, I learned a lot from you today about being a Jedi.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and I thought that was nice. You know, it's about being resourceful, but, uh, so moving on to the story. So she's now back in the infirmary since her butt was quite sore, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Needs a good dip uh, in the back to tank.
1: Right, <laughs> a lot of back to. Um, so Yodo Jai and Master Leem they go and inform Scout that, you know, now she is the a new apprentice to um, Jai Maruk and and they're like she's she's like you're not sending me to the AgroCorps? <laughs> 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 so like like I thought I was just
3: going out on a high note here.
1: Exactly. Like, they're like, no, you won. Like, why would we send you away after you just beat everyone? Like, no. Um, and then uh, there was that moment, you know, Jaime Merrick says like, why isn't she happy? And Yoda's like, you know, there's been a band around her heart for so long. And now that it's finally loose and the the blood is running back through her, it's, it stings her in mm-hmm. a way. So, cause like no one ever believed in her except her one other master who died mm-hmm. in Diandosis. So,
3: yeah. So sad.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you know, like Yoda has that really nice point about you know I didn't win this job in a raffle. Like you know, it's size matters. <laughs> <So. sighs> yeah. So so far, I was enjoying the story, minus how long some of the scenes were. But
3: <laughs> it's, it's, some of them work, some of them don't. It's like yeah. uh-uh, okay, but like, and this is like what maybe a quarter of the way through the book.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we yeah, not really that far through. Uh, so in the hollow map room we why i can't do it guys <laughs> i don't know uh, so he's coming to believe that situations like people could give in to the dark side and once the dark side had one in its grips and it never ever let one go so his biggest fear now is the fact that he had this dream that a lightsaber would take him down so obviously he thinks he is the one who's going to turn to the dark side, and that the Jedi had to get him under control. But, <sighs> hmm. yeah. Poor kid. And then, exactly. And then when Master Lean comes to get him and say, you know, we're, we've got a mission that we're going to have to go on, you know, and he's like, I knew, um, I knew Scout was going to be the one to defeat me. I only realized during the fight it was her that was going to defeat me. But because he had dreamed of that moment last mm-hmm. spring, so poor guy, <laughs> you know, like just this, all his dreams coming true—that just sucks. <laughs> N-
3: not in the fun way, I'm just like exactly. oh no, yeah, all tragedy.
1: Yeah. So back in the infirmary, you know, Yoda says Yoda must leave Coruscant, and back in his third person, uh, and they they kind of hatch this decoy double plan. Uh, if you want to kind of explain <laughs> what this plan is.
3: It's pretty absurd. <laughs> they they hire a impersonator actor guy to pretend to be Yoda who's going on a mission to Is it Ithor?
1: Yeah, it's Ithor, yeah.
3: Yeah. To go to like make a show of him going to like on this on this mission so everyone thinks that Yoda's off doing this thing while he secretly Goes off to Bijon. meet with Dooku. Yeah,
1: yeah, which is crazy. So because it's like, how tall is Yoda?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they say this actor. I guess he's like a midget, or yeah. you know, a little person. A little person. Yeah. I guess he has yeah. to be.
1: Yeah, I mean to be. Yeah, that size. Yeah, definitely. Because he's just... he's human, the species, I believe. I think so. Yeah, but and like he always idolizes the Jedi. So he even had like this whole um, performance play that, what did he call it? Like I Jedi, something similar like that, or Jedi Mm -hmm. one, or I don't know what it was, but which is, I think he was was
3: known for doing this kind of stuff. Like exactly acting stuff. So it's like, Oh, this guy makes sense.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's a crazy plan. Like just crazy. Um, And yeah. So like Dooku knows that now Yoda's officially going to come meet him. And Darsidius knows that Dooku is going to meet with Yoda. But what they don't know is that whole double plan. Mm-hmm. So that's where the story gets a little more interesting. So, yeah, it's it's Palius Chuff, this famous actor, and they hire him to fly the Jedi Sotea-class starfighter to Ithor um, in front of, like, news, hollow, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. there taking photos and, like, they're asking him questions, and he just does his little like Yoda grin, grins, mm-hmm. and grins and, yeah, just waves <laughs> to the crowd, <laughs> flies off in the starfighter, make a big gems. production <laughs> of it. Exactly. So, like, it's it's clever, um, but of course, you know, like we go back to those droids. They're watching this whole thing play, playing out, and we know that Ventress is also watching this playing out from up above in space. So, so everyone is kind of waiting for things to happen but the droids so we get back to their kind of story and it's going to be interesting with those guys coming into the story Mm -hmm. since now the whole plot is basically pretend Yoda's flying off in the starfighter fake Yoda or real Yoda I should say is now in an (laughs) R2 droid Mm
4: -hmm.
1: and we actually find out that R2 unit belonged to (laughs) Obi-Wan in the story and yeah. uh, part of the story is Obi-Wan's like yeah you know R- my R2 is out for repairs and it's like well you're not getting that back <laughs>
3: uh, yeah
1: <laughs> so
3: it's been gutted
1: so, yeah, exactly it was definitely um, there's that whole Clone Wars episode where they, they got a, an R2 droid which I always liked that episode but um, yeah so Jai, Max, Y, and Scout plus R2 slash Yoda they travel as a family and it's definitely a weird looking family. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, a little bit. You know, just a little. I mean, okay, but sure. So they they have to go through like port security and they decide to split apart and this is like one of those scenes it was just kind of like why are they taking port security? Couldn't they just hire a private ship and fly it out of the Jedi temple?
3: Yeah, it's one of those things that I just I have to assume they're just trying to, like, make it as off the books as completely possible. But it does feel just like way too much yeah. out of the way.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So when they split up, so why gets R two through um, by using force persuasion, but Max Guard, you know, he's thrilled that Max is a Jedi because he sees the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But Jai's guard is saying like, oh no, we we need to explain to my manager that you're clearly a Jedi. <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely confusing.
3: They're bad and undercover. Then,
1: yeah, and then somehow Yodo gets separated from Y and ends up in like getting chased by this um, security droid into the refresher. <laughs>
3: yoda's just like no chill this whole thing
1: <laughs> yeah it's just weird like so yeah so they like get chased into this refresher and this droid's after him realizing it's not a droid like something's up with this r2 unit and there's this one guy in the bathroom who witnesses the r2 kind of like float up in the air <laughs> and then- yeah <laughs> Yeah, like lock the security droid in a stall and the security droid's like freaking out and then R2 like escapes and the guy's just like, whoa, okay.
3: <laughs> I think I've had too much to drink.
1: Yeah, and the R2's like cackling, like obviously, you know, that's a good <laughs> <go-to> moment. <laughs> so So outside in Ithor space, yeah. So this is a one of those kind of tragic moments where the last call, which is Ventress's ship, is waiting for the arrival of yoda because that's where they were supposedly heading right Mm -hmm. and she i don't how many jedi other jedi went with yoda i don't think it was really that clear
3: yeah i don't think they ever really go into it
1: yeah because she kind of like corrected them at one point but i was like were they actually jedi or were they just security i don't really yeah was
3: it decoys or uh, it's not sure
1: yeah so she starts blowing up all these other kind of you know flagships to yoda's ship But then suddenly realizes that it's like this pitiful, weak, you know, being inside the ship and it's clearly not Yoda. So she's furious, knowing that it's not him and decides to suddenly take him as a prisoner.
3: Clearly he would know stuff, so take him away. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, so I thought that was interesting because she did that decision without telling Dooku which comes back to bite her slightly, but not much. (laughs) Um, Like, she just gets a lecture later, guys, so you don't have to worry about her. (laughs) But so the story jumps to Arcadia very briefly about Obi-Wan and Anakin, and they were talking to some former Jedi, Serifa Altoonin. I don't know if you ever heard of her before, Cole.
3: Mm -mm. No, I haven't.
1: Yeah, so basically they were just trying to convince this, you know, once Jedi to join the Jedi Order again since, you know, it's a war they're in. But they they get a message that Yoda is dead uh, since the Hollow Knight is reporting that, you know, he's been killed over Ithor. And that's when, you know, he gets that kind of moment of, I don't think I'm going to get our 2 back. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we only get a little bit of Obi-Wan and Anakin in the story, but they, they do play a, a good role it, near the end.
3: They're they're important but not very much present.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, on Coruscant, so that's when we have this great kind of conversation between Mace and Chancellor Palpatine and you know, they confirm that it was Ventress that had shot down uh, Yoda's ship and mm-hmm. Palpatine's upset with Mace saying, you know, you didn't tell me about the decoy. Why didn't you tell me? And they're like, "Well, we didn't need to tell you." Like there was no reason for us (laughs) to tell you, like so. And then there's that whole kind of moment where Mace is like, "My word is the one thing the galaxy can trust," and Palpatine's like, "You know, expect your best service." And Mace is like, "I'll give anything and everything, including my life." Mm -hmm. And Palpatine's like, "We may need that too." so yeah, so he's pretty pissed off. So, cause he knew Yoda was going, but he didn't know that, you know, it was a decoy.
4: Yeah.
3: Which means Sidious didn't know.
1: Exactly. So that's the one thing. So like I found it up until this point in the story, I was very much like, why are we not getting more stuff with Dooku? Mm-hmm. You know, like I wanted, I don't know, some great scenes. Like basically Dooku is just sitting around in the castle, this whole story. Every now and
3: then they check in with him and he's like, it's like, "Mm, what am I going to (laughs) do?
1: Yeah. He's basically having like emo moments.
3: (laughs) Yes, he is.
1: (laughs) You know, just reflecting to himself and that's it. And you're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) So it turns out the, the quote family were able to get on this one ship and there's this huge long section on the ship's history which is known as the asymptotic approach to divinity. <laughs> and, like, okay, like, um, and it's run by cut rate cruises. Okay. It's cut with a K, but it was three pages, the whole history of the ship. And I'm like, why? It's not important. It wasn't important. Anyways. So it happened. But the story is basically Scout and why they kind of get lost on board. I don't know why they were separated. They all have different rooms, which seem bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. But what I realized, you know, Scout at this point was the one that he was supposed to kiss in that, you know, weird vision that he was having about Ventress.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And so here, okay, this scene was confusing to me a little bit when Scout gets called to Lost and Found. If you remember yeah, that, I, I do remember.
3: I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what happens. I think it's just to separate her from why. so yeah. that um, is it yeah. is it Fidelis?
1: Pretty much one which. Yeah, Fidelis. And- Fidelis is the one we like.
2: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Solace is the one we won't like. But Solace <laughs> is the one that we are connected to with why. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just didn't understand how she was called out. Like, did they go up and find her? I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. Anyway, so she goes off to quote lost and found since she was known as passenger foe (laughs) pho and yeah it's a ruse it's a total ruse to get separated since these droids are working together and Solus introduces himself as like a philosopher droid slash like poet kind of thing (laughs) and you know she instantly is like oh my friends call me scout and i'm kind of going isn't that a known fact that there's a Jedi named scout, even though it's your nickname.
3: Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question. Actually. I don't know.
1: You know, so I was very much like, okay, you're not going under disguise very well right here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So why he's getting food. And that's when Fidelis, you know, the, the droid that has the nicer paint job approaches him and says, you know, I know who you are. You're master. Why you, you know, you belong to this planet vision. And like, have you asked yourself these kind of questions about your history and things like that? And why is just like, no, like, I'm kind of go away from me, droid. But, and yeah, so it turns out there was nothing missing and it was all like a mistake. And so Solace helps her get back to um, her own cabin. And there was this huge section, and I my note here says some really long ass section on security cameras. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> this is one of the ones I was groaning about since it was two pages, and it was about like this security camera. I was only able to detect um, a presence of fire.
3: Right. And and
1: that- it
3: it was just waiting for its opportunity to like. Sound the alarm for that one thing,
1: yeah. And I was just like, "What's the point of this?" I did. I didn't understand it. Like it was just—it was too much. And I was glazing my eyes over too, too, too much at this point. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, guys. I—I liked the story, just not the book. um So Fidelis explains to why more about the history and that the Jedi found his mother in a weak moment, and they kind of cite that you know maybe she was drunk as well as being weak from, you know, her husband's death.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's when they took him, but he offers himself to be the gentleman's personal gentle thing, guards, <laughs> <of the> <laughs> which is kind of fun, but he's like, I'm a Jedi. Why would I need a, you know, a gentleman's personal gentle thing? Um, but, you know, he worked for the family for like 12 generations. So I think that was kind mm-hmm. of an intersection of the story that, you know, we get some history with these droids. Like, we know C-3PO is, like, super old as well. And,
3: mm-hmm. and these things are, like, crazy assassin droids, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and then that's when they get, like, the news report that you know, there was a bunch of dead. And then Asajj had, you know, had killed them. And there was this whole scene, like, in there's a kid's arcade. If you remember this part where... These kids are watching. You know, they're they're just playing, but there's like the news playing, mm-hmm. and R two slash Yoda comes in and steals a kid's drink.
3: <laughs> He's just like just causing mischief everywhere he goes. He just like yeah. wants like food and like nonsense. It's just it's so weird.
1: It's weird. Like they all had their own rooms. Why was he wandering around
3: stealing He's kids? Really drinks? bad at being <laughs> undercover. <laughs>
1: Like okay, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. So and you know they scout seeing the news. She runs to you know their kind of a- area where they're located, and is banging on on Yoda's door saying you know, Dooku's on vision and everything like that. And Jai comes out and he's in a towel from having like been working out and everything. And he's like the number one rule this whole trip is to keep a low profile. And you're <laughs> running down the hallway going, Dooku's on like <laughs> <laughs> just nuts. So I felt like she needed kind of a lesson there about being just kind of quiet. But mm-hmm. um, and then it, like when it switches back to ventures so we we do get a bit of deceit coming into the story where one of the droids, we're not clear on which one, although it's pretty obvious, calls Ventress. I don't know how he gets her phone number, but he does, and just says like, "I have information for you." That- that I know where Yoda is, and they'll sell it to you for $734,995.
3: Very specific number.
1: And yeah, she says the same thing. (laughs) 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 But, you know, he says, you need to go to Findar Spaceport, and that's where they're heading to, you know, board another ship, basically. I liked, um, once we arrive at the ship or the spaceport on Fyndar. Um, So Fyndar, is it, you guys have to excuse me for this. Is it a world or is it just a spaceport? I think
3: Fyndar is a world, but I think they were just at like a spaceport in that system.
1: Okay. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So when they, when they get to the station as now a Coric's family, they're basically, on this space station, they're not allowed to have unaccompanied droids, because, well, you know, they're at a, <laughs> in the midst of a war against droids, so it makes sense.
3: Yeah, it checks out. So,
1: yeah, it checks out, yeah. So, Scuffy, as Scout had called Solace, he asks her to escort him around, so he doesn't get, like, arrested and, you know, kind of shut off. And Max is like, yeah, it, that can be your good deed of the day. I'm actually quoting the mm-hmm. story. so definitely famous last words Um, yeah yeah so scout goes off with Solus, and he explains like he used to work for this family and they were all murdered like 200 years ago so he's basically just been like a free agent for 200 years which is Mm -hmm. kind of alarming that a droid can do that for so long um and then they come across why with fidelis also, not with either Master Leem or Jai Maruk. I don't. I don't understand why they keep just like separating.
3: Yeah, I feel like the. Well, it kind of reminds me of like Clone Wars. I feel like Ahsoka's never with Anakin throughout the whole series. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
3: like it's like I don't feel like y'all are very good masters. You keep letting your padawans go off by themselves.
1: Exactly. Like first mission, they got this.
3: Yeah, they, it's fine.
1: Not to worry. They're just. no way. even
3: Episode Two, like that's what happens. Anakin Obi Wan get separated for the whole movie
1: true yeah very true yeah i just didn't get it i don't understand her thinking sometimes but anyway so these they're known as the sentient property crime bureau they come up to you know scout and solace going like you know who who are you like why do you have this droid and they start giving like clever responses to this major um and then why says like remember did you remember to check your blaster cannon So, and they're like, kids, you know,
3: (laughs) (laughs) LOL, these kids.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But of course, you know, mayhem ensues once a bunch of battle droids and Asajj Mm -hmm. show up. And this is a pretty sad scene where since they're all separated, you know, it's pretty easy to overwhelm the Jedi. And so Max, like she's fighting against the droids, but once, um, Ventress comes up and starts fighting her and obviously, you know, kills her in front of the kids who can see them in the distance, which is quite horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they're running to help. Solace won't. He's like, I'm not helping. This is not my fight. And Fidelis stops why by like grappling him saying like, I waited 10 years. I am not letting you go.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, my my purpose is to protect
4: you. <laughs>
1: exactly and then scout has that moment where she's running down these stairs and you know he's saying i'm coming scout and she gets distracted and trips and falls and hits her head basically so which is crazy let's talk about the whole scene in the docking bay which is really funny where the last call is docked and the different yoda comes out of the <laughs> <laughs> so like they they had known basically to attack this r2 unit since one of the droids had given that information and when Ventress was attacking it yoda escaped by cutting a hole through the bottom
4: mm-hmm. and
1: he goes to the docking bay and yoda meets actor yoda and you know actor yoda palius Chuff is like oh my goodness it's you <laughs>
3: it's the real you
1: like poor guy you know i can't imagine being held by Ventress would be a very fun experience
3: oh no gotta be terrible
1: yeah and then yeah he explains that i've set the ship to self-destruct and yoda is just like (laughs) (laughs) like,
3: that's gonna destroy the space station too yeah
1: exactly like he's like oh right (laughs) so and here's that whole moment where I think it was kind of interesting where Yoda actually hands his lightsaber over to Palius Chuff Mm
4: -hmm. saying
1: you're going to need this while I go fix the ship so it's not going to explode immediately in our vicinity but he decides to basically blow the ship out of the the hangar doors alongside with all these droids that are now attacking them which is like such a great scene I I definitely laughed at that where the droids get sucked out and they send a message to Ventress, you know, that I'm being sucked out in space. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but so Ventress has that moment where she's, she's taken down, uh, master Max Leem. you know, her lightsaber hand was basically chopped meat from the, the blaster fire of the droids. Mm. And, you know, she stabs her much to the horror of, um, why, you know he actually you know he admits that he loved his master and they had mm-hmm. like this kind of relationship where they cared for one another like she mm-hmm. was she had empathy and you know that's maybe why it made him such a, like a da- dangerous character for um in his own mind that is but and then Jai Maruk oh if you want to talk about what happens with him
3: it's like he's so confident at the beginning and then it's like fighting. He's like, I I just, I don't have it. I can't, I can't do it. Poor guy.
1: Yeah, but he goes down smiling.
3: Yeah, he does. He does go down. Yeah. As a Jedi should.
1: As he should, yeah. And it was interesting when Ventress comes up to them and she identified them as number, like, 17 and number
4: 18.
1: Mm -hmm. And says that to them and they're like, oh my, who are you to say these kind of things, but
3: and, but yeah. then she just makes it true. It's like, oh, yeah. no.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, can't really survive against Ventress very easily. So, but then she turns her attention to the children. And of course, she does that whole villain monologue kind of situation uh, for a reason. We do find out later that, you know, she wasn't just chatting for no reason, but um, she's trying to kind of convince why. To join her. Which I thought was really interesting.
3: Like senses like. The potential for him to be. Or she knows his origin kind of. So he's like. like oh well you have potential to be possibly. Dark exactly. side material.
1: Exactly. Like saying like give in to your anger. Like it was definitely a lot of kind of like. Vader-esque lines. Um, towards Luke. Um, but then. She kind of turns her tail and runs. It's not really clear why. Oh, wait. Yes, it was the droids who called her saying, you know, your ship's been destroyed. So she needs to get out of there. And she's like, I give you the gift of life and doesn't kill them. Which for, so, you know, so generous. Yeah, so generous. Just, But yeah, we find out, you know, Jai, he's not quite dead in this moment. And Scout, you know, she says, like, don't leave me. And he says, never, my Padawan. And then he dies. (sighs) Mm.
3: So, both Padawans, masterless.
1: Masterless, just with Yoda. It was very sudden. I was very surprised. Yeah, it does happen
3: very quickly. It's like, oh, they're both just gone.
1: Yeah, so, you're like, well, that's that. We didn't say that they would survive this story, guys. Mm -mm. <clears throat> so, hmm. So now we get like a little bit of a twist in the story where Dooku, you know, he's thinking about how like Sidious is still a schemer, but Darth Sidious is super pissed um, about everything that's going on. And now, especially that the Hollow Net, after Yoda saved Palius Chuff is now being identified as a hero and it makes you know it makes dooku look foolish since ventress is known to be his kind of like you know yeah assassin so and anything that looks bad on dooku looks bad on Sidious. so Uh, yeah but now they really don't know where yoda has gone and sidious is encouraging dooku that i want you to crush him when he arrives So, like, and it's, it's interesting because, like, I don't know for sure. Like, it's hard to tell in this story whether or not Dooku wants to kill Yoda or he really does want to kind of become friends again. Like, mm-hmm. he feels alienated. Or just not loved. I don't know.
3: Yeah, he's definitely, like, kind of, like, on this, like, tipping point where he's not sure which way he's going to go. Yeah. Like he thinks he's doing this, he's like, Oh, I'm doing this to serve a master, but also he's like, Oh man, maybe And Yoda Yoda definitely senses that like conflict
4: in him.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um and then going back to the Jedi uh council chamber, so you have Palpatine, no longer in the guise of Sidious, you know, he's pretending it's great news and he's happy <laughs> about Yoda being alive. <laughs>
3: My little green friend.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, but he requests that they send Anakin and Obi-Wan to go and help save Yoda mm-hmm. or whatever against Dooku, which obviously is, like, just another one of his setups to get Anakin to, you know, join his side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, of course, you know, like, you know, Dooku now talks to Ventress and he's pissed off at her saying, I didn't know that you had this actor, you didn't tell me and look what's happened in Result you got your ship destroyed from him and Yoda
4: mm-hmm. and
1: now the Jedi are even more popular, there's been like a spike in popularity with them <laughs> so. <laughs> so. but like, you know, she, she admits that, you know, she took the initiative to do it and she regrets that she did it but if he wants to punish her, she'll come back. And he's Mm -hmm. like, are you afraid to come back? And she's like, well, yes, but I still will. Um, And that's more of her kind of, we need to kill your master while we Mm -hmm. can.
3: Take advantage while we have it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You know, he should have listened to her. Should have listened to
3: her. (laughs) Definitely should have listened to her.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And she's saying like, he's going to, like he's going to throw everyone at you, like your master. Like he's going to throw Yoda, Obi Wan, Anakin. All of them are going up against you.
3: And so- no matter what happens, he wins. Like either you kill them and he's lost an enemy, or they kill you and he's like, oh well, he was weak.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So win-win situation. Yeah. Um, so she gets another phone call from a droid, and we—I uh, think that's when we find out which one it was mm-hmm. specifically. Solus. Yeah, it was soulless. I mean, no surprise there that he was the bad <laughs> one. Uh, and there's this whole moment where she's like, I'm sorry, I can't pay you your $734,000 because I don't have a ship. <laughs> so I gotta figure out something. And she's like, I gave the children, their, I spared their lives. like." And he's like, I didn't ask for that. So he's like, I didn't care. like." And she's like, Tin man, you know, and he's like threatening her. She's like, you're the least of my worries.
3: (laughs) Uh, She's (laughs) right about that. But, (laughs) Uh,
1: but he's like, you'll see about that. So there's a little funny, this is another actual earth um, reference that there is a Peterson guidebook on droids featured in this story. And the Peterson guidebooks are actually, I have a copy um, here. They're a bird book that was made in the thirties and they did a lot of like nature, North America kind of Mm -hmm. guidebooks. So when I first read that, I went, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, I know that's in my parents' bookshelf. Like, (laughs)
3: that's incredibly strange.
1: Yeah. It's like, you don't have to see Peterson in star Wars, but all right. It's spelled
3: the same and everything.
1: Exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. Yeah. I thought that was a, Birdwatcher moment, but um, so the story progresses with Yodo, Scout, and Y, and Fidelis, who has now joined the team and they're on Jovin station. And, uh, but there's been no sign of solace, and that's when Scout really kind of goes, Obviously, he's someone who betrayed us,
4: mm-hmm.
1: he you know, he limped off, whatever, after that battle. And there's this kind of fun moment where you, you discover Yodo really likes to haggle. The thing—it's
3: so weird. So
1: it's like, weird. I
3: totally buy that Yoda would be like that, though.
1: Yeah, me too. Like <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like to use the Force because he finds it disrespectful to the Force. Mm-hmm. You know, makes sense. But I, I just liked the description of like you know he's waggling his stick at these like dealers. You know,
3: <laughs> so I'm not paying more than three hundred yeah. credits for this thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. Um, you know, and obviously the Padawans are pretty sad, but he's able to get a deal on this ship. (laughs) But it doesn't work. work. Yeah. It doesn't fly. And, you know, he, he says like, it's a good thing that now the, like the children, basically the Padawans have to do some manual labor to get Mm -hmm. their minds off of losing, you know, one person who meant the world to why and, you know, another master for scout. Like that's not good for her. Oh yeah. For her just mental being. But um, And then like Fidelis. So there was some, uh, there's some interesting things that happens with Fidelis later um, about like the food. I thought that was kind of funny.
3: He like cooks this like grand meal, like multi-course meal at, out of what he's got. And it's like,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. And there was, yeah, there's this whole section about like, when Scout thinks why being rude is kind of cute, and mm. you're like, "All right, <laughs> like it felt like they're kind of setting up for some little romance, like if it was the whole kisser moment." I don't know. Um, and yeah,
3: Developing like crushes on each other, essentially.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're two young kids, so it's mm. bound. To but you know, and then like he kind of relates to her about his fear, about his dreams, about the whole lightsaber. And she says, like, it doesn't mean it's a Jedi, you know, because obviously Ventress has a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we never find out what specific color is lightsaber.
3: I uh, would be willing to bet it was uh, blue.
1: <laughs> Very strong, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we get more, like, more history about um, Lady Maru, and that's when we find out Fidelis didn't know that she's now being Lady Murrow as the mad housekeeper. And he's actually, like, shocked. And there's mm-hmm. that whole model. Yoda's like, I've never actually seen a droid shocked before. But this is the first time.
3: Because so, he's like, she's the master of the house. Why is she, like, cleaning things, essentially? Like, it's like, exactly. that's not her place.
1: Exactly. Like, he didn't know. He's just been watching after her child for ten years. But... And that's when they, you know, they say, is there like a private way into the castle? And of course, Fidel's is going to show them that way.
0: Of course, so, it's an old castle. It's got secret entrances. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The castle, apparently the first count of Maru was a pirate, so he would used to like anyone on the ship passing by, you know, they would always you know, be the pirates and take what they could. Um, I had a nice little like, ooh, moment, because you, you find out the ship is actually... They call it a Nighthawk at this point. That's what they, I don't know, I guess they name it. Mm-hmm. And my motorcycle is a Nighthawk, so I went <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, um, so they, they lumber eventually, they get it running, and they head to Vijan, and yeah, they have all this, you know, food that Fidelis cooks. So it's, it's very, uh, hu- like, earth food, so they have tapenade, crackers, gumbo, profiteroles, and I'm like, okay, all right more of that or stuff but mm-hmm. whatever but yoda you know like you know scout is like basically thrusting food into her mouth very happy to be eating and yoda's saying like we're going to honor the lives of max and jai Maruk by by living like you know mm-hmm. if we honor the killings it's only that we're honoring death and only the dark side
3: mm-hmm it's a very interesting perspective on it. A very Jedi way of looking at it.
1: Exactly. exactly. So, but you know, and why he blames Scout basically for mm-hmm. the death of his master. Since like, you know, he said that I had to look after you in that fight and Scout's like, why did you think you had to look after me? So <laughs> so they, they, they definitely help him work through that pain, but And Yoda is very, you know, he has some really nice poignant moments here, but um, he he still kind of talks about, you know, like, what about what Ventress said? Like, the galaxy is dark. But Yoda's saying, like, no, like, I don't agree with that. But so, yeah. And he says, like, you know, why don't you be a candle or the night, but you must choose. Mm -hmm. So it all kind of worked out. They all We're happy in the end until they get to Vujan where, you know, they (laughs) arrive at the Chateau Maru and it's like this high bluff uh, in the Bay of Tears above the river weeping and it's very dramatic dark side kind of (laughs) names.
3: Oh yes, very much so. (laughs) Oh, everything in here is named like terrible, terrible things. Of course it is.
1: Yeah, and like this place has like acid rain and it just sucks. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know why live there so
3: (laughs) i'm I'm pretty sure that vader has a castle there in in legends
1: oh really cool yeah i
3: think so later on
1: yeah that makes sense i could see that (laughs) yeah so when they arrive and they go down into the caves and yoda says i need to leave you guys here for whatever reason and goes on alone to meet up with dooku Mm. and there's a there's i didn't understand what he was doing with the skeletons or why he was doing it. If you remember um, how he like rises them up with the force, it starts like making them dance with each other. These I think
3: it's almost just like he's there on this planet that he's from. And it's like, he feels the force just so strongly and it's like dark side. And it's just, he's like, look what I can do. It's just so easy. It's just like, like no effort making all these skeletons dance and it's like pretty like, I'm, I'm guessing it's really impressive looking feat he's doing. And he's just a Padawan pulling this off. I think is yeah. kind of the point of it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. But she's horrified.
3: <laughs> yeah. She's like, and it's also really morbid and she's like, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I was kind of thinking, you know, cause we know his dad died and he was very, insane when he died and kind of uh, poisoned all his stuff and slithered away into the sewers basically so I was wondering if one of those skeletons was going to be like his dad or something like it that
3: never might, might have been
1: <laughs> yeah which I was thinking that's even worse like if that's the case but um, yeah so and then Fidelis did confirm that like when you were a baby we did come down here mm-hmm. for what reason but okay and they, they do hear the Dooku's droids off in the distance, so they know that they've been discovered and separated from Yoda. Like, they're in a bit of trouble. And they start following Fidelis um, to get, you know, to wherever Yoda is. And, of course, we get more moments of, like, Dooku when he's waiting and having more emo moments, thinking about, you know, if he should be, who he should be. And you hear all these kind of, like, tapping sounds and it turns out that uh, the tapping sound was Yoda. Was he like climbing the side of the castle? I wasn't too sure.
4: Well,
3: I think whenever whenever Dugu finally notices him, he's like literally like tapping on the window.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he
3: thought it was yeah. just like the rain hitting the window, but it was actually Yoda. And he finally like yeah. looks, and there's like Yoda's just there. He's like, like I can just imagine the dramatic music sting, you know. <laughs>
1: as they described it. (laughs) Yeah. And now that they're being chased, uh, the story gets a little bit more interesting since Obi-Wan and Anakin arrive on the world and immediately are attacked by the droids. And Anakin has this stupid moment being Anakin sometimes. I just go, oh my goodness. And decides to throw a concussion grenade, which collapses the entire hillside. (laughs) <laughs> and you know the kids are in these tunnels and uh yeah so they are suddenly like overwhelmed by like these underground river like uh, running through the caves. so that was pretty intense that whole kind of scene
4: yeah.
1: <sighs> but you know like scout like they they get out of there and when they are led up into the castle finally they discover they're in a room from his vision and who's sitting and waiting? But Vince. of course, yeah,
3: it all and coming together,
1: all coming together. And she's like, "Welcome home." <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So, and we we get more of like the whole recollections of Yoda and young Duku, and they're playing games and practicing and confidence building, and but yeah, I mean, at this point in the story, it's it's mostly just discussion between the two of them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoy the discussion between them. Honestly, where like Yoda's like convinced me to join the dark side. And Dooku's like, what? <laughs> that's not, that's not why I thought you wanted to come here.
4: And, exactly. And you
3: guys was like, terrible vision is like, Oh, if Yoda was joining the dark side, it would be just, just terrible, terrible thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but then he says, like you know, the, the dark side is in w- within all of us.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You just like it's very easy for us to let it come out when we want it to. So
4: Ugh.
1: yeah, and then uh, you get Lady Maru worry. She comes into the room and she's like, "The baby's back," and she sees Yoda, and she <laughs> comes, she's like, ew, a goblin." <laughs> 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 so I thought that was pretty funny and he's like no no this is my ghost um, he's just a little green potato like <laughs> but,
3: green wrinkly little thing
1: yeah so um, there was and there's that whole talk about like the roses and the reason why Duhu liked being in the chateau was the fact that the roses reminded him of the ones that used to be on Sereno that he mm-hmm. would hide whether he like would hide in them from his family, but uh, and then like Yoda's holding on to this rose and then you know Duke who eventually like when he gets more and more angry, especially at like worry's presence, um he's like demanding his rose back. So
3: well Yoda's like can the dark side like make a rose out of nothing? And Duke's like, well no it doesn't work like that. But Yoda's like, but that's what I want. <laughs> it's like it's just really interesting like dark side light side discussion
1: yeah exactly yeah it was pretty good um and like you know he was also referring to yoda as like master at this point Mm -hmm. but then it like becomes bitter in his mouth and he's like he now hated the word Mm -hmm. since his only master that he has who is a jealous one um is sidious obviously
3: he's tired of having masters
1: yeah poor guy He's like in his 70s and he's still just an apprentice.
3: So just a student. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, in this room, which is known as the crying room, uh, Ventress pins down Scout and is basically kind of torturing her um, in front of Y. And she thanks Fidelis for betraying them. And Fidel's like, That wasn't me.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and he's like, You know, I demand to be taken to Lady Worry. Inventress is like, no, but I'm going to kill the boy, um, or you blow your head off. If you don't, i will going to kill the boy. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, I, I don't know, I thought this was a really sad scene where... Oh, it's Delos terrible. ...agrees to shoot himself in the head to save the children, which just, you know, obviously doesn't work out, so he does. And who but overhears, but Solace... Overhears this whole scene and like the death scream of like, mm-hmm. this, I like, once companion. I thought that was really interesting. So. Just,
3: just imagine K2 dr- dying.
1: Oh, K2 dying. Oh, that mm-hmm. always makes mm-hmm. me cry. <laughs>
3: Climb. Oh.
1: I still like the how it should have ended where it's like, oh, I just downloaded my, like, my program. <laughs> this other joy that I took over. like I just like, copied I,
3: myself, and I'm fine.
1: <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I was like, I'm sure they could live, but obviously uh, they don't. So, Vandris is now back to hurting Scout as a tactic for why to join her and saying, kiss her and choose, basically. So, it's like this super weird scene from his visions. Um But um, Solus, I love when he like blasts into the room, basically like guns blazing. And Entrus, is like, "What? Who's this guy?" Like, you know, like that's the droid who had she been canoodling with. But uh, you know, but and like you know, Scout and Y are very surprised that he would actually come to their aid, and he's saying, "Like, I didn't want Scout to die," which is kind (laughs) of. But, you know, she uses the same gun that she got Fidelis to use and neuralizes him. And he shouts, like, run and starts firing at Ventress, but it's not really going anywhere. But And when they start running away, I loved this scene. This was great. And she Ventress is, like, closing in on them, saying, like, now I've got you. And then Obi-Wan suddenly is, like, true, as you tell it, but. What are you going to do with
3: us? <laughs> Suddenly Anakin Obi one show up. It's like, Oh,
1: yeah. so Im- immediately she turns around because Anakin and Obi-Wan, no, thank you. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I would not want to do that. So, so with, with Dooku, explain, can you explain why he throws lady worry out the window?
3: So like, he's like, like, all this discussion with Yoda, like he's like almost like convinced, like Yoda's like pretty much convinced him that he should, you know, come back to the Jedi and that Yoda can help him and everything. Yeah. And then like seeing Anakin and Obi-Wan and like thinking that he brought them here too. I think he just sees it as a betrayal. He's like, Oh, these are the new guys that have replaced me. And
4: exactly
3: what said. -hmm, exactly what, she was talking about and that just them showing up and Yoda being like, No, I didn't bring them here and he's like, Okay, sure, whatever. They're here and obviously you you know, you lied to me and so it's over. Yeah. And Yoda's know, mad that they're there. He like oh, you couldn't have given yeah. me like five more minutes.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and then he like force shoves her out the window mm-hmm. to like distract Yoda.
3: Yeah, forces him to choose, and also like summons like a missile to uh, blow up the place.
1: Exactly. So not only does he have to like save this woman who's falling out to like her death, um, but now he has to stop this missile. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which you know, Yoda can handle both, no problem.
4: <laughs> just
3: like in episode two, he's just you know drop a saber and be like, <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> concentrate.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, he, like, he gathers the wind and basically just, like, touches the missile and it flies off and doesn't hit the, the chateau.
3: Like just alters its course by just, like, a couple of degrees and it misses.
1: <laughs> yeah, and lands in the sea. But, of course, Dooku escapes, and, and that's really the whole adventure between Dooku and Yoda again. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they don't meet for some time or ever again.
3: Yeah, I don't know that they ever meet again, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd have to go through all the the timelines, but um, so everything seems to end well. Uh, Lady Ward didn't die, but she was more or less disappointed that her the baby was an eleven year old boy at this mm-hmm. point. Felt no connection to him.
3: Yeah, she's like almost like stuck in time, and whenever he was taken.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, like, she, her decision is, like, that's fine. And her fox, turns out it abandons her. Mm-hmm. So, I was happy the fox didn't die. So, that I was like, yay! <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it feels like something it's going to happen, regardless.
1: <laughs> well, that's right. Like, it seemed like an important character. Like, something was going to happen, and then nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, um, whatever. But there was that really awkward moment where, when they, why hugs Anakin? And says, "Quote: I'm so glad you're not coming to kill me. <sighs> <Yes.
4: laughs>
3: not now.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh man, mm. the last words were, but it should have been like, oh man.
3: It's <laughs> like part of me almost wishes like he like saw Anakin's like lightsaber hilt and like recognized it or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah." Yeah, you been, been like think-
3: confused by that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, what's kind of funny, like when Ventress, you know, she runs off. Uh, Scout has this whole idea where I guess like Dooku's kind of soldiers, whatever they are. Um, she says like the the Jedi assassins are getting away in that ship, which is the ship that they came in, mm-hmm. and so they go off and chase after Ventress, even though obviously that's their ally. But then you know, like we has that moment where he says, "It's cute to see Scout be so humble." So you're like, "Oh, that's kind of." <laughs> nice. But, um, and you know, in the end, they do admit that you know he has changed. Whoever that is, like if it's Dooku or this is why I think both of them have changed mm-hmm. a lot. Sorry, but, um, and then Yo- yeah, Yoda confirms like the dark side is in you, but other things are also inside there.
3: Mm-hmm. It's all about what you choose.
1: Yeah. It's a nice moment. Uh, in the end, it kind of goes like Dooku. He's crushing the shell in his hands, being frustrated mm-hmm. that he has nothing. He has no friends and except Sidious.
3: Yeah. Destined to be alone until the end.
1: Yeah. All he has is his title.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Count. Yeah, uh, And then, the book finally finally ends with the ship arriving and Padme seeing it in the distance going, Yay. He <laughs> is Anakin this time. <laughs> so, overall thoughts.
4: Uh,
3: I definitely think I like it more than you do. I like, I I don't find the uh long digressions into details as, as frustrating. Yeah. And I'm also, I enjoy the story. Like you said, I think it's a really interesting story, even if it does take maybe too long to get to where it's going.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would just paraphrase a couple little sections. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked the story. I liked the characters. I'm sad that, you know, these are the only stories we're ever going to get of these characters. Mm-hmm. Especially that they all die pretty much immediately afterwards. Or
3: Yeah, know, they don't last very long after this.
1: Exactly. So... You know, I I would have wanted to have a little bit more of Yoda what his inner thoughts would have been on mm-hmm. Dooku. I don't really know what he's really thinking at this time. But
3: Yeah, there's not much in Yoda's yeah. head stuff.
1: Yeah. So that that's my only kind of major like, oh, I wish there was that. Mm-hmm. Other than just how long the story was. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good story. I'd recommend if you read it guys, read it twice. So you would, uh, you know, get through it a little bit easier the second
3: time. I am going to look it up real quick uh, if it's. Uh, I wonder if it's if it has an audiobook and it's abridged. I wonder if the abridged audiobook would be uh, better.
1: Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, I would definitely listen to that audiobook. But
3: apparently, it does exist.
1: It does exist. Oh, apparently. Hmm. <laughs> well. I apologize to all the listeners who have listened to the audiobook and know the proper way to say his name. If we've been
3: pronouncing things wrong, we're very sorry.
1: <laughs> Please email us. When you're, only, to- when
3: you're only seeing it on the page, it's hard to know for sure.
1: <laughs> exactly. So we tried. We tried. But overall, I'm glad we read it. I'm glad we did. Mm hmm but cool if you want to let listeners know what our next book will be that we're going to be covering
3: we we did agree on the uh, Tales of the Bounty Hunters right correct okay I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was right but i wanted 100% sure so yeah <laughs> Tales of the Bounty Hunters a short story collection about our favorite uh
1: villains contract stuff. killers
4: contract. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Exactly, uh, By assorted authors, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, we're kind of honoring the fact that Empire Strikes Back 40 years and you know, a, from a certain point of view just came out. So, cool. If you could let the listeners know where to get a hold of you.
3: Uh, best places on Twitter, at Mando Wraith. And I'm also on Reddit and Instagram and all other social media sites, but Twitter's the one I use the most. And I've also got a couple other podcasts I'm on, Opera Skywalkers, where we we just finished up Shadows of the Empire. We muddled through that with the same uh, internet problems, unfortunately. But we did manage to to scrape it together. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm also on Skyhoppers, where we just more like a general Star Wars podcast. And we've been covering the Mandalorian episodes as they come out.
1: Yeah. That's Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, guys, if you guys want to send us an email, feel free to send it to legendslibrarypodcast at gmail.com or also you can write to us at Legends Library on Twitter and Facebook. So thank you for joining us. And I'm Lisa. And I'm Cole. And may the Force be with you.
2: That concludes this edition of Legends Library. To join the discussion, please email the show at legendslibrarypodcast at gmail.com or comment and follow us on Twitter at Legends Library. Also, if you've not done so already, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment or informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of disney and their respective trademark or copyright holders legends library there's always a bit of truth in legends
3: 18 plus.